1: Hello Suns fans and welcome back to another episode of the GC Sunscast. I'm your host Shane, joining me is Tom. How's it going Tom?
2: Yeah great, how are you?
1: Yeah good, it's uh, really really busy for me personally and uh, it's always a struggle to uh, find time to, to do some of this stuff but we're here and we are going to finish off our player ratings from last week but...
2: Yes, this is our this is our week where we were going to uh, have a, a nice little fortnight between shows to freshen up before the season. But we we banged on a bit too much. So i was going to keep it tight and and high. What I'm trying to say is high and tight. Uh, we're going to keep it higher and tighter than than I just kept it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. In
1: that uh, theme, let's jump straight into our Old Soul Patreon donors. The people that help support the show keep us going each and every week. So you can thank them personally for the GC Sunscast. We have Jack's Dad, Dale Snelling, Paul Vosti, Tom Kim, Brody Burgess, Kate Kelland, Chris Moore, Robbie Fiorini, Tim and James Wood. Thank you guys and you can join our Patreon Donors by heading on over to patreon.com forward slash GC Sunscast. No amount is too little or too much to send our way, and we do our best to put that money back into the club if we're not putting it towards uh, the cost required to keep this show going. Now, let's before we jump into the AFLW or our player ratings, there's been a bit of news this week regarding the Suns. So let's t- touch on a couple of topics. The very first is the news that's come out today. It's basically a Victorian-based article talking about the Gold Coast Suns receiving $27 million last year in handouts from the AFL. So it's it seems like it's a very biased article, doesn't it, Tom?
2: Yeah, I mean, the the, the fact of the matter is... Not every club's even released the amount of money that the AFL gave them. It's not like this is coming from the AFL. Um, I think the next the next time uh, we go to air, there will be there's a couple of uh, independent media outlets who actually analyse all 18 clubs and what they got and how much they got last year and do the comparisons. And I'll be able to share a chart. And, yeah, the Suns get more, but the Suns are in a non-AFL area. The Suns have got massive territory to cover. And that, that money isn't just money that's going to the club and, and you know, going down a, a, a black hole. That you know that's, that's money to pay for development of the game. For We're getting more money than before because now we've got an AFLW team and they're not, that's not cheap to run, even though I don't think they get paid enough. But, you know, it's totally justified. And, and the other thing is we made a profit. So yeah. it's you know reward for for uh, you know fiscal uh, management. I reckon yeah, we're doing good things and investing it, and the AFL's rewarding
1: it. It's the typical thing that happens this time of year. Bit of suns bashing. Oh, we're spending so much money on that club. Well, it it's very choice in the way it's written. It that needs mm-hmm. to go on to say that hey, last week St Kilda it was reported St Kilda received twenty four million. So mm. is three million that big of a difference considering St Kilda are based in Victoria the Suns are in a struggling region uh southeast Queensland which arguably has more growth potential than Victoria um and not to mention every other club gets around 13 million anyway to cover salary cap payments Mm. and anything else that Mm. comes their way so it's really not a huge deal I'm uh, St Kilda. I think received four million more than the next Victorian club, which would have been twenty million. So, it's it's really blown out of proportion. Uh, Tony Cochran's had a chat with our mate Tom Boswell and had a couple of things to say. Um, of course we going to survive? You know, over my dead body will we not survive? What's we? <laughs> so, uh, Tony Cochran's come out and said, you. Know, There's things he says all the time, which is. Yeah, you know, How much are we really getting compared to the Victorian clubs? It's justified because of the progress we're having on a development level with participation numbers. And then also throwing in that the AFL wouldn't have all this, this money in the broadcast rights if it wasn't for Gold Coast and GWS providing an extra game. Uh, so just the usual stuff from Tony Cochran. But he's come out to fight for the club and that's what we love most. Uh, there was also an article two days ago from Jake Niall, uh, where Gillan McLaughlin conceded the Suns would be in the competition forever. I say that in air quotes. Um, and again, it seems like it's just along the same consensus that the participation numbers for the Suns is in, in southeast Queensland is skyrocketing, and the, also <coughs> the impact that. South East Queensland is having on AFLW.
2: No, yeah, well, it's also Northern New South Wales. Um, they're playing the AFLW teams playing in Mackay this week, which we'll get to later. But um, that that's a great, you know, that that's a great sort of investment in 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 footy is to uh, all the money that's going into those areas. And Lauren Bella, who we'll also talk about, she's she's from Twenty K South of Mackay. We've got we've got pl- Players who who are from that region who are going to be playing a Friday night first ever Suns Friday night game. You said there wouldn't be a Friday night game in 2020, didn't you, Shane? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you might have said that about round 23 last year. Well,
1: we... um, yeah, the,
2: the the money the money is being very well invested, and the returns on the investment are uh, that these players who are still only very young in their first season playing, or first second seasons playing, you know playing top-level footy and, and representing the region and getting to play in that region. And then the AFL M, uh, we're, we're going we're giving away a home match to go play in Darwin. Now, of course, we, we, we're getting access to Darwin talent, and that's part of the reason. But the other part of the reason is the AFL's paying his cold, hard cash to go up there, Shane. That's what they do. They say to clubs, we'll give you extra money, but you've got to play in Alice Springs or Darwin or Cairns or China. And and so you know we pay we, we, we pay we repay the investment and with interest.
1: Mm. So yeah, great great stuff for the Gold Coast Suns. They're going to stick around and don't read into all this crap. Uh, you know there, there seems to be a bit of bias just coming from it. So you just really got to mm. look at these articles, who's writing them, and whereabouts they're based, because there's always an
2: agenda. That's just the way media works these days. Um, Oh, yeah. Look, remember, remember, like, almost every single year, right at the low point of the off-season, the media will come out and say, oh, Suns have lost their you know, their they're naming rights sponsor or they've lost their, you know, their sponsorships down, whatever. Have you noticed that in the last 12 months we haven't heard anything like that? There hasn't been any headlines saying that the Suns have have, are in sponsorship trouble and that the Suns are, are losing money. Well, the reason that you're not reading that in the, in the newspaper is that the Suns' sponsorship went up by $6.5 million last year. Right, and that's like it went up from 1.25 million to 7.7 million. That's huge, and if we can sustain that, which these sponsorship deals aren't just for 12 months; they're usually for quite a quite a reasonable amount of time. It's only going to go up, and of course, the women's team coming in is a lot of those sponsors are for the women's team. So, you know, they, they're probably responsible for half of that sponsorship increase. So, you know, the, the Mark Evans. Era Tony Cochrane era of of, of the Suns is about fiscal responsibility and growth, and they're doing a bloody great job.
1: Yeah, they are, and something else they're doing that's different, uh and could we could be talking back on this in several years is a great job. I got an email today, and I'm sure a lot of Suns members did. It says, Our club is genuine in our commitment to deeply connect with our community and inspire people to be part of our extraordinary journey. The Gold Coast Suns challenge themselves to provide exceptional experiences for our members, constantly looking for ways to improve and deepen our connection with our fans, yada, yada, yada. Uh, We are establishing the GC Suns Members Council. Through our GC Suns Members Council, we will create an open dialogue with you, our members, about your experience. Bringing you on the journey of growing our fan base The GC Suns member council representatives will meet bi-monthly To discuss a range of topics aimed at improving our member and fan experience So it goes on just to ask for nominations and uh, Or nominate yourself And uh, terms and conditions and stuff So it sounds like the Suns are getting on board uh, Looking for member feedback And they see this uh, a council, I guess from members as a way to to discuss with members and find out what, what they can do to improve things. So it's very interesting there. But if mm. you go into the terms and conditions, uh, there's a few things which stand out. Uh, obviously, you have to be a Sons member, uh, a paying member, and you need to be able to attend the, uh, the meetings, at least four per year. But there's a couple of things... That it says. The first is I understand that this is not a board with decision making capabilities, but an advisory council of select and diverse Gold Coast Suns members who will offer advice and suggestions on matters relating to the Gold Coast Suns. So that's just acknowledging that you have no power. Um What what are your thoughts on all this, Tom?
2: Yeah, well uh you know, at first you see the the you know the bright shiny um you know gc members council and you think oh wow okay this this bit of democracy coming to to the suns but um i, I think it's part uh, far from that i, I think um it, it sounds interesting it sounds like there's going to be a, a a lot of eclectic group of of passionate supporters and no doubt there'll, there'll be a lot of opinions and and uh you know the kind of thing that we've seen before, haven't we? You know they do, they do do sort of um, you know open forums and and things like that where people after games and that kind of thing are, are able to sort of uh, you know say their piece. And there are certain members only kind of events, but um, this sounds like it's a bit more formalised, and they're going to sort of you know. Uh, choose out of the self nominations and uh you know the, the kinds of people I, I imagine that there'll be an equal representation between men and women and uh, you know it's almost a bit like a jury isn't it um that's sort of what it sounds like but um it is yeah, it's, it's not it's my it's not my back it's going to it's be interesting
1: how they select these these things uh people they're going to have 21 members mm. um Again, ensuring a broad cross-section of membership types, tenure, and demographics. Um, A couple of other things that jump out to me is... uh, I am not to use this as a forum to express concerns related to team performance or team-related issues. And the... I recognise that if I divulge confidential information or attempt to represent the club in any capacity that my position on the Gold Coast Suns member council is subject to review and termination without notice.
2: <laughs> so, Sorry, I do, have to, I do have to laugh because I can imagine people would take it very, very seriously and and, and people, when they're given sensitive information, People always dob, people always let the secret out. <laughs> in this day and age, we've got social media, so it's not as though they're, they're gossiping over the back fence. If they said one thing controversial or, or, or uh, you know, if something happened in the meeting, within 24 hours, everyone who wants to know about that kind of thing will know about it. So, yeah, they, they can't... They can't control it in that way. It's, it's that, a bit ambitious.
1: That's exactly right. And I mean, who isn't going to say, "Oh, they're on the Gold Coast Suns members council to their mates or people they know, even a random Sun supporter." And like, yeah, there's a bit of bragging to that and stuff like that. But are you really turning around saying, "I represent the football club"? <laughs> uh, I mean, in a way, you are because you're on the you're on a club elected council, but. On the other hand of that, I mean, you've got no power to control anything. They've made that mm. clear in the terms and conditions. Mm. And uh, look, it's a little little weird. Uh, also, it's going to rule out a lot of people if they can't comment on team performances.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, look, the, at the end of the day, my prediction is that it'll be, um, you know, a, a fair, a fair amount of people... Venting on on things that they don't that they don't like, but it it could be productive. I mean, if I was if someone was to ask me what my experience just this year with the the sons, well, I was pretty pissed off when I walked out of the practice match and there's no there's no bus taking me to back to the train station, so I had to walk. So you know, I could have got an Uber, but it was just it's just that distance where you can walk. And so you do, rather than waste your money on an Uber. But it might have been something to just put one bus out. Yeah. You know, the people. The whole
1: whole travel with Metricon Stadium getting to and from seems to be the major gripe everyone has with it. It's been the talk of the town all this week so far because of the Queen concert on the weekend at Metricon. And uh, we know a lot of Suns fans uh, get a bit aggravated with the uh, car parking situation there. Um, yeah. it, it's just the fact, you know, there's isn't the greatest public transport system set up to service that precinct, and yeah. people still rely very much on their cars here on the Gold Coast because it is so widely spread. Um,
2: there's going to be a, there's going to be the um, what's it called the hoppo, um, the, the 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 ferry that's going to be dropping people off at um, Riverside at the stadium on game days this year, so that'll be an interesting. I think that would actually be quite an enjoyable way to arrive at the game, to be honest.
1: It should um, be, because that side, the riverside and the eastern side, ha- hardly ever get used as far as uh, exiting or entry at the football club. It's hmm. all done through the southern side and the western side. So it becomes a bit of a bottleneck there where all the buses very are. But if they, can the a, if they can find a way to utilise... The the surrounding sides of that ground, uh, it creates less of a bottleneck and obviously a ferry going all the way into Broadbeach uh, would solve a lot of the congestion for the buses down that way.
2: Yeah, they've got to put a tram in there eventually too, don't they? Because there's room for it. You know, you you just stick a tram up the guts and it goes straight to the train station, straight into Broadbeach, people will be on, on and off it all times of the day and night. All right. Well, uh, to close yeah.
1: up on this topic, because we need to get to the footy, um, I have nominated. I'd be silly not to. I don't mm-hmm. think the club's going to take me seriously because I do this show. But, <laughs> yeah, there's. I guess there's more likelihood that I'm actually going to say something I shouldn't. But in the end, I've got... Uh, we here at the GC Suns cast have a connection with Suns fans and we can sort of be a mediator and help uh, get that message across. So I just feel like... Where we'd be a natural fit But, you know, the club will probably see that differently Alright, let's jump into Actually, before we jump into the AFLW Let's have a quick chat about the state of origin Because we had a Suns representative there mm. Lockie Weller We also had Stuart Jew in the coach's box For the Allies And Dean Solomon in the coach's box For the Victorians And uh, I guess Dean Solomon was the only winner that night Coming home with the, the win with his side but Lockie Weller had a great game, didn't he?
2: Oh, I loved it. I mean, the the pace of the game and the way that the the the, uh, the All Stars were playing that first half was just fantastic. He didn't look out of place whatsoever, um, and I thought he, he he had one of the more difficult roles, and the you know he, he was getting in there and laying tackles, and the the rest of the team were playing pretty bruise free footy. So um, yeah, Lockie. You know, outdid himself. Um, you know, good on him. Um, one or two clangers, but I think every player out there, you, you know, they, they were taking it seriously to that point where they were trying as hard as they could. But if they stuffed something up, they just shook it off and, and it didn't matter. So, um, yeah, he'll he'll be better off for the performance. I've, it, that goal that he scored, that same play that we that we pulled off, he 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 drilled a behind. So I think the step up gave him a a lift in confidence and hopefully he can he can translate that to back to the Gold Coast team.
1: Yeah, he he certainly didn't look out of place among all the stars that were were on the field that night. Um mm. I'd say like off the top of my head i think he had 18 disposals and i think the pleasing thing about all that was actually his disposal efficiency was in yeah. in the 80s i think yeah so yeah. really really positive signs for lockie weller if he's performing to that level for the suns he's having an impact
2: well, it, he, he got a bunch of inside fifties and score involvements, and he was on. He was, he's the speedy player on the end of a, a chain of handballs and playing his part in the link. And yeah, it, that, that's the kind of play that we need from him. Um, he was a bit rusty uh, at, back, back at Metricon the other day, so good to see that he's put, putting it all together. And yeah, he, uh, him, and with him and Ellis sort of bringing the ball off the, the halfback flank and taking it up the wing. Yeah, or bringing it back through the inside corridor. It's just going to be poetry in motion.
1: Well, we'll talk more about uh, Weller and Ellis. No, we spoke about Ellis last week. So we'll talk more about Weller uh, when we get to our player ratings. Uh, Let's go into the AFLW. So the Suns women's played North Melbourne and unfortunately went down 47 to 34. It was actually a really good game. The Suns women, it wasn't it? Yeah, they they brought a real ferocity and contest that we saw against Brisbane, uh, except for maybe a lapsing concentration at in the second half of the the second quarter. I thought yeah. the Suns women's side were were pretty dominant for most of that game, and if we'd taken our scoring shots a bit better, we probably could have got the win or at least got it a lot closer. And North Melbourne is supposed to be the the you know a team to beat in the AFLW, so to get as close as yeah, they, they did, they I are. mean they thrashed they've thrashed the other teams they have played this year, haven't they?
2: Oh, they're they're unstoppable. Mm. They did they did lose in the first round against Melbourne, but Melbourne are very a very very highly rated team as well. So um the the to 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 keep to stay in it right up until the last couple of minutes. Uh, that's, that's an, a, quite an achievement considering this, this team's only played four games. And it's not even like the Suns were winning any of the practice matches or anything either. Like the the Winter Series last year and the practice matches leading up to it, the Suns were just getting beaten week after week after week. I, I was a bit worried about them, but I'm not worried anymore. I'm, I'm actually pretty bullish. Um, the Conference A is slightly weaker in terms of... Um, head-to-head A and B matches where the, the Conference B teams have been winning most of them means that the Suns could potentially make finals with four wins and one draw. Hmm. Uh, and, and that means beating uh, Geelong this week because Geelong are a, a head-to-head. but be knocking them out of finals contention. Um, and it means, obviously, we already played the Giants, so that's a bit of a bummer, but Brisbane did us a favour by by beating them. So um, we've got the Giants, we need to beat Adelaide, that's really the big one. Um, Because if we can beat Adelaide, that's an eight point game.
0: How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com.
2: Where we we can um, leapfrog them, uh, stop them from you know going further ahead and, and at the same time get our own uh, ladder position. Um, and we don't have to worry about uh, percentage too much because we've got the draw. So in an eight-round season, having that draw, uh, well, you know, we could miss out on by finals by two points or we could just sneak in. Um, in Conference B, there, there could very well be a team on five wins who doesn't make the finals. That's what happened to the Kangaroos last year, which is why they've really got a fire in their belly this year to to make finals and, and to sort of go somewhere. Uh, but the good news is, Shane, our prediction for uh, Q-Clash 2 in the finals is still alive, uh, and Brisbane have been doing their part by winning. So uh, we, we are, all we got to do is, is turn things around this Friday night at the Great Barrier Reef Stadium in Mackay.
1: Well, you've pretty much summed it all up there, but I don't know who
2: we're playing. Uh, uh, Geelong, Geelong, okay. And uh, Geelong have been really good. They just they just keep losing. Um, it's one of those teams. Um, they did they won one on the weekend they, had, uh, they played Richmond, who've never won anything. Uh, but then again, we uh, the Suns beat Richmond, <laughs> so it should be a good matchup. Geelong, are, are a decent team. They um, they just um, they just have to show that they can do it three thousand kilometres away from Geelong. Yeah, should be a tall order for them I reckon.
1: Well before we move on, I just want to touch on a couple of individual performances from that AFLW game. Kalinda Howarth and um Jamie Stanton uh and Ahrens, as usual mm. uh fantastic. They they're having a great season those three girls. And we're seeing um we're seeing sparks of brilliance coming from some of the other girls. In particular, this was the game for Lauren Bella. She mm. absolutely shone in the ruck. And not just the ruck, but she was getting around the ground, being a great target, taking marks. The only thing you could really add to her to her uh, bow would be uh, send her down forward and kick a goal or two. But um, That's right. It'll yeah, happen. Bella, Bella's been really great, so she's come a long way.
2: And... Well, this is what happens when you when you play in the top grade. You, you at the the first game of the year, it was didn't it, the conditions didn't suit her. It was muddy and wet and disgusting, but she still battled away and and learnt out of the game. And then each performance since then, she's just taking strides forward. It it's actually it would take. I don't like to compare AFL men and women because they're vastly different, and and this you shouldn't compare them, but. When you see a a player in the AFL men's improve by the end of a year or between years, you think, oh, gee, he's improved a lot. Well, she's improving that much from game to game. It's just what you've said. It'd be nice to see her kick a goal up forward. She'll do it on Friday night. I guarantee it. All
1: right. Well, you can probably buy me a beer next time we meet at the footy if she doesn't. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, the other thing is Kate Sermon's been nominated for Goal of the Year for her brilliant goal on in the start of the third quarter.
2: Yeah, and I didn't see it live because I was, I was washing the dishes and, and in a bit of a bad mood because I thought we were going to get a flogging and then Katie Sermon's just gone, I'm going to take this game by the scruff of the neck and kick a goal.
1: And the other nomination we need to give out is for Kate Prigelli Or Progelli. Per jelly jelly Just like Just so, like your jelly She wasn't before, named Before jelly She wasn't named in the best Which is unusual But That's weird Because she, she was The best player She made it onto The team of the week For round four For the AFLW uh, On the bench I think So that's fantastic news To get another Suns player in there um, And with that Let's move on To finishing up Our ratings For the men's Now Where we left off Last week We had Sam Day Mhm. So number
2: twelve, Sam day. Do we 13, have a... Jack Lekosius?
1: All right, you're you're up with Lekosius
2: then. All right, so so Jack's, you know, really only in the. I can't remember exactly how many games he's played in the back line, but I'm going to say about ten. So he's still still learning the craft and adapting, but he just has such class and such skills. Um, Eighteen possessions, which is we're looking sort of for a for a 20-possession player off, off half-back that, that he can provide with that height to make a contest in the mark. So he's doing everything that we're asking, and his disposal was 72%, which is average. It could be better, but I just think um, he, if he had his time again, he'll look at the tape, uh, and, and, uh, and he'll do better next time. Um, so I, I was encouraged by his performance. What did you think?
1: Yeah, Lukosius did a couple of good things, but he did seem a bit uh behind the ball. Uh but that's you know, some players are gonna struggle at the start. Um if we move on now to number fourteen, Lockie Weller. Same sort of thing we saw in the state of origin game on the weekend. He's his dash. Uh, looked mm. really good when he got it. Mm. Had a couple mm. of shots on goal, but they missed. So if he can just fix his kicking, his accuracy, which he did in that State of Origin game, uh, mm. we'll be loving what he can do. Uh, number 15 is Noah Anderson. What were your yeah. thoughts on him?
2: Well, look, you know, every time he gets it, he's just clean and skillful. And, you know, he's he, he's getting in positions where... Players uh, sometimes they burn him. He's in a good position, and they'll they'll go for a a riskier um, angle. So when when he is getting honoured, you know he's doing good things with it. So uh, you know it's only his second hit out with the team, the first sort of official hit out the week before. I thought he was uh, much the same. Um, He connected a few times with Rowley, so that's that's something that the two of them bring uh, as a package. So if we're going to see that. Um, you know that that's the mo- that's the thing to look forward to is the the combination of the two. But yeah, he he's he's the answer out on the wing long term. Um, you know he's he's got all the skills. Um, very nice little goal. Uh, the commentators called it very well. There he he had the presence of mind as he's picking up the ball just to sort of jink away from the movement of the other players and just give himself a, an open shot at goal and just dribbled it through, easy as you like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we haven't been doing uh, the actual rating part, have we? I think no, I think no, we, we've, we've been we classifying that. it as lock, um, possible, probable, that sort of stuff. I would say Weller is a lock, um, yeah. and I would argue that Anderson and Lukosius are in the same boat, where you'd like them to be locks, yeah. but depending on positioning who we're playing, it's yeah. going to... They're, they're likely the ones that may get dropped or maybe moved around to to feel mm. the team flexibility. So An, probably An, in Anderson, the probables.
2: Anderson seems to me to be he's in the twenty two if Rankin's not ready for round one, or or he's in the twenty two if they decide to choose between right and Day and they don't take both. Yeah. Um, so so if they take Day. Day, Wright, and King. Where do you put Anderson? Just and and where do you put Rankin? So, you, you, you unfortunately, um, it's they have to decide on the game plan, and, and it's not him. Yeah. Um, otherwise, they'd be playing him, and they will. It will happen eventually.
1: So we'll save all that team talk for another episode. As after we've seen the Marsh series two, and we will put out what we think is the best twenty two for round one. Um, moving on number 18 Matthew Rout he couldn't have been more impressive in his first game for the Suns uh, geez he can find the ball he was everywhere uh, seven disposals in the first quarter seven again in the second so he was 14 at half time and then they took him off in that second half gave him a, a nice little rest he only ended up playing 44% time on ground well, uh, so yeah he was fantastic sensational he was in almost everything in that first half. And that was when the game was really on the line and when Geelong were, you know, putting their best side out there and actually giving a damn. So fantastic effort for Matt Rao And I would go ahead and say he's a lock.
2: Yeah, he is. And the the, the one play that sealed it for me was um, a, was sort of a longer 50-metre arc. And he just sniffed the ball and, and, the, and the Geelong players... You know, we're in the best position, but he just went after it, and he just got a knock on it and a touch on it, and he went after it. And he, re- he was like a snake; he just went after it, and he was about to clean up his his, his sort of his his own sort of ball, but Connor Eric come through and 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 picked it up and dobbed it for that goal from fifty. But it was all Matt Rowell; like it was not Gold Coast ball. It was about to be cleared out of defensive fifty and and to Geelong's advantage, and Rowell just made something from nothing. Um, and that's what—that's where his best football comes from. It's—it's it's not necessarily all, all of the flashy things he does. It's the one percenters. Yeah, um, and, and Raoul, thats a really good sign.
1: And Rao wasn't the only other bloke doing that for the Suns in the midfield. Our next player, number twenty-one, Hugh Greenwood. He was—he mm. was just as prevalent, and he was
2: the best on the ground.
1: Yeah, you—I just love the way he you see him get tackled and he's got enough composure to shrug off the tackle or hold up himself long enough to get a clean handball or kick away. Um, Yeah, that's right. And that's something usually when an opposition player touches the Suns player, the ball goes straight to to the ground or is spilled uh, or it's a turnover. So it's just really pleasing to see uh, someone with that much, um, being able to withstand that much and... Yeah. You persevere.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, he's had he's had good training at Adelaide. Um, certainly, coming from a basketball background, these are sort of things that are, you know, skills that he's, that he's got. Um, but, yeah, he's he's been behind the Crouch Brothers at Adelaide. So, he's just going to get first crack at, at, at running through the guts. Um, and if you notice from the very opening bounce, he grabbed the ball, raced out, straight away, kicked it inside 50... Our big guys went up for it. You know, it was it set the tone for the whole game. He had thirty pressure acts. Now we thought little Darcy McPherson was was great running around with his twenty six pressure acts. Greenwood had thirty pressure acts, and you, you you didn't even necessarily notice it. He was just there and up in their face, and and, and, that, they, and it caused mistakes.
1: And that's why the club got him. So. As far as I'm concerned, Hugh Greenwood, lock or lock him in, throw away the yeah. key. Next up is Sean Lemons, player number 23. What are your thoughts yeah. on Lemons? It was a pretty good game for him, wasn't it?
2: It, it was. It's, it's just so hard. I, I mean, the, 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 that goal that he kicked in the first quarter, that was from his pressure. Um, you know, you don't need to go at the ball that hard when it's that close to the sideline, but he did. And he got caught high and, and he got a free kick for it. It was a reward for for just being there um he makes very hard tackles the players do not get straight back up um he he's got such speed he seems to get faster every year um and it seems to me that he's he's got the right body shape finally and and and, uh, and he's really putting himself up there because for the first time in a long time the 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 availability of small forward spots is you know there's six seven guys all going for the for for four spots or three spots um, so he might not be a lock, I but think geez, he's putting in a pretty bloody good resume. He's,
1: he's been hovering around that probable possible barrier for several mm. years now, and mm. I think now he's pushed himself into the probable if he can keep up that performance. So if yep. we move on, we've got uh, David Swallow, the captain. Uh, he no longer needs to be the, that battering ram, is what I took from the game. He was able to utilise his outside skill and class and that's something we don't often get to see with Swallow. I think the last mm. time we really saw that was last year in that St Kilda game where he went forward and kicked a few goals. So being able to play a, a midfield role without being the number one bloke in the middle will be very handy for Swallow. And I'm hoping we'll see the best of him this year. Mm. Um, he had 79% time on ground and I thought he did just as much as he needed to do to show he's ready for, to be locked for round one.
2: Not too right, and it was his first hit out. So, um, if he was a little bit uh, wayward with a bit of his disposal, which he's never had the best disposal, but it's it's not not his job. His job's to get in there and push it forward and give us the momentum. Um, you know, he got a great opportunistic goal um, when Sexton kind of probably should have been given a free kick. Um, and the hint is that he'll he'll get a bit of time in the in the forward line. That's sort of been the hint in the way they've been naming the teams. Yeah. So um, he started forward, played, went, went, went into the midfield. But, um, yeah, there were a couple of times when he was was uh, was up, up forward. And I, I like it because historically we know that when he rests forward, um, he's a good chance of getting a goal. Okay. We're down to
1: eight minutes, Tom. So to get through yep. this list, I need <laughs> you to keep uh, very short and precise.
2: All right? Sure. So next sure.
1: up is number 25, Sam Collins. What are your thoughts?
2: Well, he's now our best tall defender, uh which isn't taking away from from uh young uh Caleb Graham. It's just Collins has got the experience and the and the and the bulk and um he he's he's going to be the, the core of our defence. So he's, lock he's, him in um, he's in. He's in yep. and All did right. really well. All
1: right, and number twenty nine, Chris Burgess.
2: Um a little erratic, but um I think we're seeing now that they thought he was going to be a full forward and now they're kind of realising that he's a he's a backman. Um, so I, I, I like him. I don't know if he's going to be in the 22. Well, is he's it list- possible?
1: He is listed as key defender on the Suns' website, so that must be where they see him. Uh, number 30, Peter Wright. He had a, a game of two sides. We saw him early get impose himself on the game, but he just couldn't get those marks. And mm. later, as the game went on, he finally got a goal. I think he might have actually finished up with two. Um, no, just the one. So he's still got a lot to do, but he's getting it. He, he hasn't cemented his spot in the 22 yet, I think. I think he's still a probable... Um, mm. And moving on, player number 31, Jordan Murdoch. What have you got to say about him?
2: Oh, it, well, we have to see more of him. Um, he didn't play much of the game. When he when I was on the field, he was out of position. He, uh, I think they had him in the forward line for a, for a bit. And, yeah, just um, don't know what the game plan was there and, and sort of suspect that they just needed someone to do something and they went, oh, you go do this. Um, yeah, don't know. Um It seems like he was
1: just there for the running around uh, just to get a little bit of game time into him. Um, Let's move on. Player number 32, Zach Smith, returns to the Suns. and (laughs) uh, Look, he did better than I thought he would do, but I did not like him getting the football anywhere but in the ruck. Uh, He took several marks and looked good that way, but he'd then go and try and kick the ball, and I think 80% of his kicks were shanks. Um, <laughs> I do not want to see him kick a ball. Uh, a coach once told me, um, don't, if you're a ruckman, don't ever kick, just handball. And I kind of feel like that's what he needs to be doing. Um, mm. let's move on. Play number 33, George Holland Smith. Did he, no, he didn't play. No, did uh, he? he didn't play. Uh, 34, Ben King. So, fantastic, Ben King. Uh, highlight of the night was selling the candy and <laughs> kicking that beautiful goal. yeah. He, he's locked and loaded. He's our full forward for the next 10 years if we can keep him around. Great stuff, Ben King. And yeah. number 35, Connor Butterick.
2: Yeah, great. Good on you, Connor. We we, we really liked hearing uh, the 15 different pronunciations of his name. Um, look, he, he he's doing some great little things. I feel like the pace of the game's a bit much for him, but he's fast and he's a fast learner. So... You know, there's, there's, a lot of people reckon he's going to be, be playing AFL ground one. Um, don't know where or how that will happen because we, we believe Harborough and Hanley will come back into the team. So, um, yep, yeah, does all right down back. He's still learning it. Um, I want to see more of him.
1: He looked really good. I really like the look of him. And next player, number 37, Jeremy Sharp. It's the same thing. <laughs>
2: Hopefully he starts this week and um, and we see what he's like in a full game and we get to see his defence and get to see... Uh, I did see him in the practice game the week before and he was excellent. So, uh, yeah, want to see more. Uh, but, yeah, he was just having fun, wasn't he? Kicking from, you know, kicking the big 50-metre bombs and, and, and I think one of them was a torp, you know. Uh, no, but good on him, Sharpie. Um, he could very well be worth the investment already.
1: Yeah. Um, Number 38, Jesse Joyce. He's got his um, work cut out for him if he's going to break back into the Suns' side. But um, I thought he was good. He was good without being amazing. He was composed. He works hard. So if he keeps up that attitude and you know applies himself every game, he's in with a shot.
2: Yeah, his position in the team, like the position he plays, it's got to suck the worst. Because... Yep. He's going to have Specky's taken over his head if he's if he's in front on the mark um, or you know going for going for the mark. Um, he's going to end up looking a bit silly because there are players who are more talented, faster, more experienced than him who are going to make him. You know, um, Gary Rowan yeah. made the defence look look pretty ordinary a few times. Okay, so, so when next you up... take that into perspective, Joycey Joyce does, you know, six or eight things that are really good and a couple of things that look stupid. So I think he's doing well, but yeah, uh, All right. uh, toss of the coin.
1: Okay, so next up is Jess McLennan, number 43.
2: Look, he, he was solid, but uh, just like Butterick, the the game's maybe a bit fast for him. Uh, give him a few matches in the kneeful and see how he performs. Uh, I think he'll play AFL this year,
1: though. Okay, I'd be surprised if he does. I think he's got a lot of work ahead of him still but, uh, you know, he's only in his second year, so he needs yep. that bit of extra time. Number 44, Darcy too, so. McPherson. Man, he was everywhere. He's a little pocket rocket. hes I, I said a few years ago, he's the um, barometer of the Suns. He's our most mm. important player. And mm. if he plays like that every week, he is not going to do me any damage. Yeah, um, just
2: one. The one thing you want to see is, is uh, goals instead of behinds, but, uh, if he's going to have, you know, he's not. He can't have a perfect performance.
1: Yeah, Th- thirty-one disposals, four hundred and fifty meters gained, eighty-nine percent time on ground. It was a five-star game for McPherson, and his awareness to hit um, Sexton in that yeah. second quarter was fantastic. That's uh, not too many AFL players can do that. So yeah. Bulldogs are kicking themselves that they missed that opportunity. Uh, we yeah. have a minute left, Tom. So quick, uh, Caleb Graham. He brilliant, Marks, composed. He is going to be our backup ruck, uh, def key defender if we get injuries to our first choice players.
2: He, he he may play round one because Thompson's a ways off and deserves it. He's playing well, he's, he's got composure. He can play, the kid.
1: Okay, so have we missed anyone? Do you have anyone else nope. to cover? No.
2: Nope, that's everyone
1: Alright, so that's a, a great review We're looking forward to seeing the Suns players play On Friday against Adelaide 3.50pm Queensland time So check out that if you, On KO Fox Sports If you can't watch it live at the game um, That will do us for now We've got to wrap up Tom So thanks for joining me Thanks for listening Suns fans And we'll be back next week to discuss All the latest from that Adelaide game